Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. everyone. Thank you for coming. We're back. Hallelujah. We're back to regular Wednesday, regular Sunday. Uh, we're going to put this behind us and press on. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I just miss coming to church and worshiping. You know, I love the word, but I love to worship. And that's been my prayer for this church for years and years. God, that we would be a people that love to worship you that love to just get in your presence and sing our praises and exalt your name. You know, it's what touches the heart of God and blesses him and brings his presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just praise you. We thank you for your word tonight to encourage us, to feed us, to leave us, Lord, changed because you've been here. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I woke up Monday morning. You know, I'm always like in the preparing mode, you might say. Uh, as soon as Sunday's over, I have Wednesday on my brain. As soon as Wednesday's over, I have Sunday on my brain. It's like you don't understand, but you, you just can't escape it. I can't anyway. So I woke up Monday, and I just took some time in prayer Monday morning, and... and uh, then this song kept rolling around inside of me. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Oh, you're supposed to say where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, joy. So I've been, I, just, I was just going around. So I'm, I'm just going, what is this? So I'm singing it to myself, basically, and praying and singing it. And I felt the Lord said, Speak on joy on Wednesday. That was, that was kind of his way to get to me. So I want to just share with you a little bit tonight about joyfulness. Hallelujah. Because uh, God wants us to be a joyful people. He's ordained for us to be a joyful people. Praise the Lord. Uh, Galatians. I want to start in Galatians tonight. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. In Galatians chapter 5. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22. But the fruit, of the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. But the second one, love and joy. God, God ordained for us to be a joyful people. When we come to God, and he, by his spirit, begins to work in us, developing his character and conforming us to his image, renewing us by the transforming of our minds. The Holy Spirit begins to train us through the circumstances of life to produce in our character fruit, fruit that coincides with the, with the character of God. And one of these is joy. God wants to produce in us joy. He wants us to be a joyful people. And one reason why God wants us to be joyful is because God's a joyful God. I was thinking, 
can you can you imagine in your mind God just just you know you you go to him in prayer and you say listen I'm I'm just I'm just not there today you know I'm I'm kind of down under it uh, can you can you contact me tomorrow I'm just I'm out of sorts today things aren't going well you can't picture that I mean it's just foreign in your mind that God would ever be depressed or bummed out you know I don't know if I should say this or not but back before we were saved can you picture my wife with a cigarette in her mouth and a drink in her hand, half blitzed at a bar somewhere. I mean, you know, to me, now you think of that, it's a totally foreign picture. It's like, you, come on, that's not her. Yeah, well, it was. We were all there at one point. And, uh, but, you know, now we're different. But God wants us. But God's never depressed. God's never under it, you know. He's never bummed out. He's never kind of having an off day. God's always, and that's the way he wants us to be. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that God rejoices. It says he, he experiences gladness. And uh, in Luke, Luke chapter 15, listen, it says, uh, I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. This is the, the parable of the lost sheep. And it says when, when a sinner repents, all of heaven just rejoices. They're full of joy. They're just praising God. For that, hallelujah. It's a characteristic of the kingdom. Joy is a characteristic of God, and it's a characteristic in his kingdom. In Romans chapter 14, it says the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink. The King James uses the word meat nor drink. My Bible says eating and drinking. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it's what? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And let me just, I don't know if I should do this or not, but let me just go down a little bunny trail. Some of you remember that we're talking about joy, so in case I lose my track, you can help me out. But the context, I just felt like sharing this, the context of this chapter is about not getting on people's case because of what they think they can eat and can't eat. You have to understand there's people today, even today, I've, I know somebody personally who won't eat like pork because they didn't eat it in the Old Testament. Now, that's not the New Testament teaching. The New Testament teaching is that Jesus himself said, don't you know that everything that you eat goes into your stomach and is eliminated in Mark's gospel? And it says, and thus he declared all foods clean. So there's really nothing that we can't, that, that's against the, the law, you might say, to eat. And, uh, and it says this, I just want to back up a little bit and read. It says, therefore, let us not judge one another. See, he's talk, the Bible talks about people don't judge somebody because they won't eat a certain food. You know, some people are vegetarians. They don't want to eat meat. Oh, I don't agree. I think we can eat meat. God gave it to us to eat. But if that's your conviction, praise the Lord. I'm not going to fight you about it. See, God doesn't want us to get into religious arguments that, that are, doesn't ma- it doesn't matter. Whether you eat meat or not, it's not going to keep you in or out of heaven. That's not the case. And so it says, therefore, do not let us judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. I know, listen, I, this is what Paul says, I know and I'm convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in and of itself, but to him who thinks it's unclean, to him it's unclean. So if you got someone who says, listen, I don't, I don't think we should eat pork. I said, well, I can't agree with you, but if that's your praise the Lord. I'm not going to argue with you about it. For if it's because of food your brother is hurt, 
You are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It's not about the physical stuff. It's about the spiritual truth. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Hallelujah. So don't get into argument about non-essential things. Praise the Lord. Okay, back to, back to joy. Nehemiah chapter 8. We're going to have a good sword drill. You know what a sword drill is? This is a sword. The word of God is a sword. And finding, finding a lot of different scriptures in there, they used to call that a sword drill. We're going to have a little bit of a sword drill tonight. Nehemiah. Where's Nehemiah? Well, he's in heaven. But his book is before Psalms. Nehemiah chapter 8. This is a time where the people who were in captivity in Babylon, had, a bunch of them had come back. They'd rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, and now they'd gathered together on a particular day. They gathered together to hear the reading of the law. And it says in verse 9, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This, is a, this day is a holy day to the Lord your God. Do not weep or mourn, for all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. So what the, all the people get, to, get together in Jerusalem, and they, and they were read the law. Most of them were illiterate, they probably, so they had to read the law. But when they read the law, and the people heard what, what they should have been doing, the way they should have been living, it struck them. They became convicted in their heart, and they just began to weep and cry, and you know, say, like, oh, God, we're so sorry. We're such bad, you know, we're such sinners. But they said, no, don't, don't. This is a day, he says. Then he said to them, uh, go, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing. Nothing prepared for this day, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, they said. What? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord will give us the strength to, to go on, to keep going. So the Levites calmed the people and said, be still, for the day is a holy day. Do not be grieved. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. When, when the joy of the Lord enters us, it, it just encourages us. It picks us up and causes us to go on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is a time to be joyful, to eat, and to give gifts. God's plan for us is to be a joyful people. And then I, I've been, I was praying mostly after. It's like, God, how can I define joy? How can, you know, what is joy? Yeah, well, I've, I feel like joy is not just it's not just a feeling. It's not just a happy feeling. But it's a deep to me it's a deep settled inner gladness, uh pleasure or delight. There's something on deep on the inside. It's gladness. And I was thinking how can I how can I illustrate that? And I was walking by our refrigerator and our on our refrigerator we have a a picture, big picture of my wife and I and our 16 grandkids. A couple years ago, our son from California came to New York for a visit, and we had someone come in and take some pictures. And one of the pictures was all of our grandkids with us. And I was looking at that picture, and I thought, God, our grandkids give us, they don't just make us happy. They give us joy. They give us this deep inner satisfaction and delight. You know, we just delight. We love our kids. We love you, but I'm sorry, but we love our grandkids more. 
we just do. And you, I think when you're younger, you'll understand when you get your own grandkids how special they are. But our grandkids are such a, they give us such joy. They really do. And it's that deep inner, it's something on the inside. It's not just a feeling, you know, because feelings are temporary. Feelings can change very quickly. But, uh, but joy is on the inside. And it's uh, not just a feeling, but it's, it's something very uh, established. Hallelujah. You can experience, and you can experience joy in the midst of, of very difficult situations. You can still be joyful. Look what it says in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 12. In Hebrews 12 it says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience or endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Who for the joy set, what was the joy? Joy, Jesus, the joy that Jesus was looking for was not the cross, was not the, the suffering and the pain. That was very real. But he was looking for what was going to happen on the other side, his resurrection. And because of his resurrection, forgiveness and redemption for mankind, uh, freedom from the forces of darkness, everything that he won for us. It's like he wasn't looking forward to the trial, but he was looking forward to what the trial was going to produce. And for that reason, he could have joy. So sometimes when we're going through something, if we'll just get our eyes off of what we're going through and look and say, you know what? That's why it says in James, count it all joy, my brethren, when you enter into various temptations and trials. What? Knowing this. See, count it all joy knowing what? Knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience. And if you let patience have its perfect work, you'll be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so when you're going through a trial, the trial itself may be difficult. The trial itself may be kind of trying to rob you of some joy. But look on the other side and say, you know what? I know that this trial is going is, to strengthen me. I'm going to come out the other side spiritually stronger, trusting God like I've never known how to trust him before. Something good is going to, God is going to cause this to, for work together for my good. And and something good is going to come out of this trial in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, too many, too many Christians that we've met over the years, to me, are not, they're not joyful. You know, they, they, they live under a cloud of oppression and darkness, depressed and discouraged and dejected and feeling hopeless and unloved and unappreciated. You know, it, it's no way to go through life. God never intended for us to go through life that way. But what are some of the things that cause us to lose our joy? Well, often just the circumstances of life. You know, if you live a difficult life, for example, continual, uh, continual, real, real struggle with finances, or something that goes on for years and years, it's very difficult to be to be joyful with that kind of a lifestyle, uh, or focusing on the negative, or looking back. Sometimes, you know, looking back at, at hurts, wounds. Uh, situations that, that cause us a great pain and loss of a loved one. Uh, I'll give you this example. Years ago, we had a church in, uh, 
in the Capitol Theater in downtown Rome f from 1983 to 1988. Before that, I, we'd, I'd spent some time ministering with a man named Peter Puglio. And we'd gone up north about an hour, and we'd ministered up in the town of Krogan. And uh, there was a gentleman up there that we'd met, but I hadn't seen him in years and years. Probably been about six or seven or eight years since we'd seen him. And one day, it's like out of nowhere, he just showed up at one of our services at the Capitol Theater. And I, I recognized him, and I said, oh, hey, how you doing? And he had this just this really uh, sad countenance, and he was barely able to talk, and he said that his wife had passed away. And I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And from the way he was acting, I thought his wife had passed away, like, real recently. And I said, gee, I'm sorry to hear that. When did she pass away? He, and he said, like, seven years ago. And here was it, like seven years after his wife had passed away. And this guy, he couldn't even talk about it without breaking down, without crying. I mean, it, it was just uh, this weight was on, this darkness had come into his life, and he'd lost his joy. And he was still that way after years and years. And now we have another, we have another friend who lives in Staben, and she lost her husband several years ago. A great, wonderful, wonderful man, tremendous man. And she struggled, I know, for years. But I remember several years ago now, she called me on the phone. And I picked up the phone and I said, hey, how you doing? And she was crying. And I thought something was wrong. And she said, Ned. And she was just heck crying with tears of joy. I found it. She said, Ned, I got my joy back. I got my joy back. She'd been struggling for a few years with the death of her husband. And she'd been fighting to get back the joy of the Lord. And she wasn't, she wasn't just letting the darkness just kind of overwhelm her and wash her away. It's like she's crying. She's just crying on the phone. Like, I got my joy back. I got my joy back. And I, you know, I was praising God with her. And, and we had a great time. But you can get your joy back. Hallelujah. No matter what's going on in your life, if you just go for it, if you just not allow that darkness to just overwhelm you and control you, you can get your joy back. Hallelujah. But you can lose your joy from looking at, looking at what you don't have instead of your blessings. You know, comparing yourself to someone else and seeing how much they have and how much you don't have. Uh, not being thankful for what you have. That was Israel's problem. You know, when they were in the wilderness, they were heading for the promised land. But instead of, you know, and it was hard. They had to move consistently. They, they had bread and meat and water. That was it. Same kind of food. Their clothes weren't wearing out. But instead of saying, you know what, this is hard, but come on, keep, we're, go, we're going to the promised land. We're going to the pro a land of milk and honey. You know, if you keep that focus, you can get through the wilderness. You can get through the hard time. But no, they just had to grumble and complain. Look what we don't have. Look how hard it is. Let's go back to Egypt. You know, that's, that's not the attitude God wants us to have. Uh, joy, joy is not found in temporal pleasure. You know, so many people think, well, if I just had more money. If I just had a new house, or if I just had something, you know, I'd be happy. You're not going to be happy with stuff. Stuff is temporary. Stuff can make you temporary, but it doesn't last. Hallelujah. So we have to guard. We have to guard against looking to things and to bring you joy because it's only temporary. How does joy come? Well, I feel, well, first of all, joy doesn't come by praying. You know, you know, say, oh, God, oh, God, give me joy. And all of a sudden, bam! You know, it's like, hey, I got it. Praise the Lord. I feel like joy, uh, it's, it's a battle on our part. But you don't just decide to be, well, I'm just decided to be joyful. You know, I don't think you will yourself to be joyful. 
And somebody might say to you, just, just choose. Just stop, stop, you know, stop being negative and choose to be joyful. That's not easy for some people. But here's, here's what you can do. Our focus needs to be, if we're going to have the joy of the Lord, and God wants us to have his joy. God wants to be a joyful people. You know, just smiling and happy, you know. And our focus needs to be what? It needs to be on the source of joy, which is the Lord. If we'll focus on him, if we'll focus on God, we can have joy in our lives. Hallelujah. Psalm 51 and verse 12. David said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Yes, God, you, are the, you can give me joy. You, I can know your joy. I can know that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven, that I'm loved by God. I'm going to heaven. You know, that's, that's the joy that I have in my life. My life may be a struggle. My life may be difficult. But I'm focusing on my salvation. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. God loves me. He's going to work it out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 16 and verse 11 says, In your presence is fullness of joy. As we spend time with him, as we draw close to him, we'll come to know the peace and the joy that only he can give I guess there's uh, another sermon that goes all, always goes back to what we call relationship. You know, as we spend time in the presence of God, his presence will uh, fill us, you might say. I was going to say his presence will fill us. And in his presence is fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And God is the God of joy. And he'll give you joy if you'll seek him and draw close to him. It doesn't mean everything will go away. But in spite of what you're going through, you can have the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. You can, in Jesus' name. Been there, done that. And I still do today. I tell you, I'm not going to let darkness overwhelm me. I'm going to be a joyful person, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes just hallelujah, right in the face of the devil. Devil, hallelujah. I'm praising God. I'm a joyful. I have the joy of the Lord. It's my strength. Amen. You can't overwhelm me. You can't, com- can't control me with your darkness. I love God, and I'm going to praise him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 15, real quick, and we're almost done. Jesus said in John 15 and verse 11, These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. That's what God wants. God wants his joy in us, and God wants uh, his, that we be full of his joy for the rest of our lives. Hallelujah. I just want to back up. There's maybe one more, uh, something else that could rob us of our joy. Look back at the beginning of chapter 15. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. But every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Sometimes it can be confusing as Christians when everything seems to be going, uh, you might say, going pretty smoothly. Your relationship with God is pretty good. You feel close to him. You think, you know, God is using you. You feel like you're growing. I mean, you know, things are going. You feel like you're growing in God. Everything's like smooth and, and then all of a sudden, wham, it all falls apart. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but the Bible says, 
Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So if we're walking with God and everything seems good, don't be surprised if from time to time everything just kind of seems to shift and change. You know, but we question, at the, in the middle of that, we question, God, what have I done? You know, am I, where am I missing it? I must be displeasing God somewhere. Things are just kind of in a turmoil. But not necessarily. If you're walking with God, you're okay. God's just moving you up to a new level. He's getting you ready to bear more fruit. For him, hallelujah. So hang on. It'll get better soon. Praise God. Just keep your joy. Don't let when negative stuff comes, say no, in Jesus' name. I'm casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I am going to keep my joy in Jesus' name. I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy for any reason. Hallelujah. I'm going to be a joyful person because that's what God intends for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Depression, go for me. Darkness, go for me. Oppression, go for me. I'm a, I have the joy of the Lord, and it is my strength today. Lord, help us to get our eyes off of things and onto you, the source of all true joy. Fill us, Lord, with your joy, that it might remain in me, and that I might be a truly joyful disciple. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word, and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry, and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.